Hi. 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 Welcome back to the Barefoot Office. I am so, so, so glad that you are here. Tonight we're going to finish Revelation chapter 9. And um, yeah, you know, it's Revelation. And I know the first night I mentioned Left Behind and, you know, it's supposed to be this great allegory and people take it for the end of the world. But I just kind of feel tonight like reminding all of you that that's not the project. This isn't scripture study. This isn't biblical exposition or expository teaching. This isn't trying to communicate God's truth out of the text. This is a discerner of a heart's reflections. This is showing up with my soul and with yours into this digital spiritual space and using the Bible to wrestle with this ancient text, this holy text, to just be here. To listen for what's there, but to listen to what we bring to it, to show up with who we are, to listen to our own voice, to be present to our own selves, to learn how to be enough, to learn how to let our light shine, to learn how to be and receive the fact that we are light. I don't quite have chills, but maybe you do, but that feels really powerful and really good. Even if it's muddling in the dark a lot of the time, it just is, it's just long, slow work. You know, I think of, I really took to heart this quote from Eric Spolstra, coach of the Miami Heat, and he said, I think most people overestimate what you can do in a day and underestimate what you can do in the long, slow grind of months and years. So maybe this is just the long, slow grind of months and years of spiritual growth, of spiritual work, of spiritual discipline, showing up with this text, with you in this digital spiritual space and talking it out. And so I'm glad. I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad for this space and I'm grateful. So thanks. Thanks for all of this. Take a deep breath, friends. And if you haven't already, take off your shoes. For the place where you are is holy. As we read these verses the first time, where does your attention go? The sixth angel sounded. I heard a voice from the horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, Free the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. The four angels were freed who had been prepared for that hour and day and month and year so that they might kill one-third of mankind. The number of the armies of the horsemen was two hundred million. I heard the number of them. 
Thus I saw the horses in the vision, and those who sat on them, having breastplates of fiery red, hyacinth blue, and sulfur yellow, and the horses' heads resembled lions' heads. Out of their mouths proceed fire, smoke, and sulfur. By these three plagues one-third of mankind was killed, by the fire, the smoke, and the sulfur which proceeded out of their mouths. For the power of the horses is in their mouths and in their tails. For their tails are like serpents and have heads, and with them they harm. The rest of mankind, who were not killed with these plagues, didn't repent of the works of their hands, that they wouldn't worship demons and the idols of gold and of silver and of brass and of stone and of wood, which can't see, hear, or walk. They didn't repent of their murders, their sorceries, their sexual immorality, or their thefts. Where is your attention in this passage? For me, it's on the angels, and that it's angels who have been prepared to ride the beasts that kill a third of humanity. Angels prepared to kill humanity. Hmm. Hmm. The second time as we read, what connection do you make from the stuff of your experiences, your lived life, your spirituality, your relationships? What connection do you make to this text? The sixth angel sounded. I heard a voice from the horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, Free the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. The four angels were freed who had been prepared for that hour and day and month and year so that they might kill one-third of mankind. The number of the armies of the horsemen was two hundred million. I heard the number of them. Thus I saw the horses in the vision and those who sat on them, having breastplates of fiery red, hyacinth blue, and sulfur yellow, and the horses' heads resembled lions' heads. Out of their mouths proceed fire, smoke, and sulfur. By these three plagues one-third of mankind was killed. By the fire, the smoke, and the sulfur, which proceeded out of their mouths. For the power of the horses is in their mouths and in their tails, for their tails are like serpents and have heads, and with them they harm. The rest of mankind who were not killed with these plagues didn't repent of the works of their hands, that they wouldn't worship demons and the idols of gold and of silver and of brass and of stone and of wood which can't see, hear, or walk. They didn't repent of their murders, their sorceries, their sexual immorality, or their thefts. (sighs) What connection do you make to this text? (laughs) For me, it's kind of a strange one. It's that, that the number of the armies of the horsemen was 200 million. I, um, when I tell stories, there are a couple of different Facebook memes that talk about storytelling. I've seen one that's just a 
a straight path, you know, single lane, maybe even wagon ruts going straight and disappearing into the horizon. And it's captioned how men tell stories. And the other one is one of those interchanges where there's loop-de-loops and four highways coming together and all these roads and you can't tell which things are connected where. And it says how women tell stories. And I went down below the post and I said, you know, both of these are too linear for me. And then there's another one that's, you know, all kind of, it's like one of those flow charts. Start here, start here, start here. If this, then this, then this. And it's kind of colored speech bubbles on kind of a black chalkboard. And it says this, you know, has all these random connections. And then, and then, and also this, and you have to understand this. And it's like, yeah, that's how I am when I tell stories. And um, there's a person who regularly listens to me tell stories where I'm being expressive and trying to make a point who will interrupt me on a regular basis and correct the details. No, it wasn't 10 o'clock. It was 7.58. It wasn't 45. It was 12. And it just drives me bonkers because the details are not the important part of the story. They're not what I'm trying to communicate. As I said for many years, I'm being hyperbolic to make a point. And that just was never really accepted. I had to be corrected. I had to be precise. I had to be exact. I had to be truthful. That's the only way to tell a story. What you're trying to express doesn't matter. What actually happened, the details, well, the devils and the details, I suppose. I don't know. That's just what struck me. feeling stuck a little bit with that and I don't know why exactly maybe it's because I want to say and I don't have to worry about that anymore and the way that I tell stories is perfectly fine and it can be both and I can make my point and be precise in the details or I don't know I don't know This third time as we read, what is your intention for the actual stuff of the action of your purpose in your life? What can you imagine yourself doing or being because we've read and reflected on this passage together? The sixth angel sounded. I heard a voice from the horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, Free the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. 
The four angels were freed who had been prepared for that hour and day and month and year so that they might kill one-third of mankind. The number of the armies of the horsemen was two hundred million. I heard the number of them. Thus I saw the horses in the vision, and those who sat on them having breastplates of fiery red, hyacinth blue, and sulfur yellow, and the horses' heads resembled lions' heads. Out of their mouths proceed fire, smoke, and sulfur. By these three plagues one-third of mankind was killed, by the fire, the smoke, and the sulfur which proceeded out of their mouths. For the power of the horses is in their mouths and in their tails. For their tails are like serpents, and have heads, and with them they harm. The rest of mankind, who were not killed with these plagues, didn't repent of the works of their hands, that they wouldn't worship demons, and the idols of gold, and of silver, and of brass, and of stone, and of wood, which can't see, hear, or walk. They didn't repent of their murders, their sorceries, their sexual immorality, or their thefts. What is your intention, friends, having read and reflected on this passage? I don't know that its intention exactly doesn't come with action steps so much, but this last time as I read it, it struck me that even angels can be bound until it's time for them to fill their purpose. And that has meaning for me. And the other one was, which can't see, hear, or walk. And it just made me think about where can I see, hear, and walk, and where should I do that if not in the lives of my children? So just kind of a commitment to see and hear and walk with them. And, you know, maybe it's not exactly an action step but more of an action mindset to take what I read on a Instagram account which is to really you know I don't know if it said this was a starting point or all you should aim for but that you know 15 minutes of complete emotional attention attunement it's like hmm that seems like so little So maybe it's that I'm a kick-ass parent, I'm doing more than that, but maybe it's something for me to carve out and say, okay, how can I give 15 consecutive emotionally attuned minutes to each of my three children tomorrow? That's less than an hour. And it might be really difficult to do and to find the time, and it might be really easy, but it's something I'm going to pay attention to. And for now, for tonight, that can be enough. Almighty and everlasting God, in Christ you have revealed your glory among the nations. Preserve the works of your mercy, that your church throughout the world may persevere with a steadfast faith in the confession of your name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever.
Amen. Hope and joy be yours, friends. That wherever your attention goes, there is attention that is always fixed on you. Because you have within you, because you are the light of God, the light of the world. Always. Always.